0: Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that will make your grandmother return from the grave to torment the souls of you and your children. There will be no cookies and hugs from this bitch as she goes crazy on your family leaving them traumatized and searching for the meaning of life. Anyway, did a dark presence overtake a home late one night with a disturbing focus on a small child? That story and many more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories
1: Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: That indeed it is. Welcome to the program. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. You don't miss episodes of Real Ghost Stories online. Become an EPP and extra podcast person. That's someone who gets advanced episodes of the shows, the uh, weekly bonus episode that's now in the 400 some you can binge away on, as well as the full archive, all of it ad-free. Sign up, to, uh, try it for three days free to become an EPP and extra podcast person through Apple Podcasts right now. Uh, and you can also sign up through Patreon, patreon.com slash Stories or ghostpodcast.com to get you on all of those extras and help keep the show alive. It's uh, Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on?
2: Hey, Tony, how hey, are you hey. doing?
0: It's uh, it's a rainy, cold uh, day. It's the first day that looks truly like winter outside.
2: Which is really weird because I swear over the weekend I saw you post pictures of being in your swimming pool.
0: That's <laughs> exactly why it so, feels so weird <laughs> because it was just It was just yesterday, 24 hours ago, I was out there, and I knew it was the last. We had uh, some nice 80-degree days that kind of came out of nowhere, and I knew this was going to be the end of it because it looked like 60s and everything going forward, and yeah, today, super crazy windy, rained and uh, stormed all day, and I look out my window here today to the front, and I don't see any leaves on the trees anymore. It just... It was dark and kind of wet and cold and it just looked like looked like february quite honestly (laughs) without
2: without without without
0: the hope of like uh oh you know it's february but soon we'll start seeing buds on the trees or something it's just like no (laughs) this is this is just sad this is the very beginning of this
2: from here now
0: yeah and just um i'm i'm already uh i'm feeling the uh the light uh not having much of it, the daylight. And I, I'm starting to feel the, kind of the the vibes of that. And uh, I need to do some more exercising or something. Because that Kind
2: of depressing. It always kind of depresses
0: me. It's so hard. I, I used to, when I was a kid, I loved it. I thought it was so cool that it was dark earlier. And I now I'm just like, God, no, don't do this to me. Because <laughs> it's just, it's too much darkness. I, I, I need the sun. I need the light. I think it's because... You know, just the nature of the topics that we cover on these programs. <laughs> That's true. It's like all kind of dark. Uh and then uh I, I enjoyed uh, when I was out of the studio spending a little time in the sunshine for a while, and now it's step out of the studio and welcome to the darkness.
2: Time to plan a vacation.
0: Yeah, I started doing that already. So <laughs> Harper's already counting down to one we have in June, but I'm thinking I may need one before then. But, yeah. So that's how it goes uh, here on the uh, Ghost Stories Ranch. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. First letter here says, hello there, just found your podcast and I'm in love. I wanted to share my own ghost story. I moved into my own apartment in August of 2018 with my then two-year-old son. My son was very talkative, even at two years of age, and was having an argument with someone that I could not see. He would get very upset, come crying to me about how the mean man was telling him to do mean things. I told him not to listen and let him know if he keeps being mean that his mommy will tell him to go away. I heard him say that and he looks at me crying, saying the mean man said that he would hurt me. After that, I was off one night, and it was storming. He came running down the stairs, telling me the mean man kept pulling him out of his bed. He slept with me that night. One night, it was storming so bad, so he crawled into bed with me. He woke me up around 3 a.m. to tell me the mean man was growling at him. We quickly went to my parents' house at 4 a.m. because I am a believer, and I was not about to be the idiot in the horror movie telling my kids to go to sleep. My mom and dad were super supportive and let us spend the night. My dad came over the next day to light one of the Virgin Mary candles and to pray all over my apartment. The man quickly switched focus from my son to me. My light bulb would be unscrewed so often that I finally just put up Christmas lights for light. The candle my dad lit kept go- going out, and no matter how many times we re- we would relight it, my TV would turn on and off by itself so often I would just turn it down and go to bed. I know that this was an apartment, so maybe someone had the same TV as me, but we didn't have neighbors this time that started, and we never had a consistent neighbor since. My dad passed away February of 2019 at 4 in the morning. He had a heart attack and was in the hospital a week before he finally passed away. I saw him on my TV reflection when I woke up suddenly with no explanation. After he passed, everything happening in my apartment suddenly stopped. I could keep my Virgin Mary candle lit until it burned out to the bottom. The TV stayed off when we turned it off and when we turned it on, the only thing that continues to happen is my light bulb keeps coming unscrewed. Still, and lately the activity has been building. I'll write more when I have time. Thank you so much for reading my story and thank you for everything you do. Keep me entertained while I'm working. Thoughts on that?
2: That's an interesting thing I don't know that I've ever really thought about. So if you were living in a place where you and your child are being tormented by a mean man, then someone you really, really, really love passes. It's like, I guess that person could step in and protect you from that mean man. You know, it just makes me think her dad's like watching out. Yeah. But then... Why would the activity be starting again? It almost seems like time to have a talk with Dad and say, Dad, I need your help. And and as crazy as that might sound, I've just always felt like my dad has always been kind of with me ever since he died and he died 30 years ago almost mm-hmm. and uh, but I've always felt him really close and I talk to him when I need to and like frequently. I don't know, maybe it would be worth having a conversation with dad.
0: I think that wouldn't uh, hurt anything.
2: But it's interesting that after dad died, that it would have stopped. But then if it's starting back up again, it's like, I think I'd be really bummed out. It's like, dad, where'd you go? You got to come back. Mm -hmm. It's just an interesting thing. I've never really thought that through.
0: Thank you for uh, sharing that story with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. It says, I've had several paranormal events in my life, and I've been told that I am sensitive to the presence of spirits, as well as in time I've learned this for myself. The story I want to tell you today is about the place that I work. I'm a night janitor in a very old building. I believe construction was complete in 1911. I knew from my first night there that I wasn't really alone, picking up different energies on each of the six floors. Most are quiet and stay away, but there are a couple that like to get up to mischief. My first experience happened in the basement where I keep my cleaning supplies. As I was getting my cart ready for the evening, I got the feeling that there was someone in the basement with me. A real person, not a spirit. But I was oh so wrong. On a side note, every time they make themselves known... I have no idea and failed to pick up on the presence. There are two bathrooms in the basement, original to the date of the building, so old that one of the urinals in the men's room is out of order and cannot be fixed because of how old it is. Anyway, I heard the stall door to the ladies' room bang open and shut again, When I realized it wasn't a living person. I quickly grabbed my phone to start taking video. As I'm filming, I heard the plunger in the room fall over. I started to walk towards the ladies' room, but the noises subsided. I panned my camera around, hoping to catch something on video. As I'm doing that, the water turned on in the men's room, so I quickly rushed to the room. What's chicken out from going in is you have to enter the bathroom and go around up into a dark corner where the sink is. I have the video, but unfortunately the sound quality is not very good. I'll try to upload it, and maybe you can see it. Another event on the second floor which is an ESL school. The chap who hangs out there, likes to follow me around into the classrooms and for some weird reason, really likes hanging out in the bathroom as well. Gotten the feeling that he's an older gent, almost like a caretaker. Maybe he's making sure I'm doing my job properly. The way that he would have done his. So lots of activity at this place.
2: I bet it constantly would feel like activity.
0: I think the the second you accept the job, you're gonna kind of know there there's gonna be stuff just by the age of the building, and or I wonder how often you have the the janitor that that there ain't no such thing as ghosts. How, many, how often? What do you think? There's more of janitors that believe in ghosts or janitors that don't? Because I could understand both arguments. Where you don't, where you just really you have so much of it, you just can't give in to it.
2: Golly. I don't know, that's a good question. Um I would just assume working in a building that's more than 100 years old that you would encounter something. Yeah. I would assume that. But I don't know, you know, that it might be 50/50. But I would have to think that you would you would I would think, you know, like even if you didn't believe in stuff, you would still experience it.
0: Mm-hmm. We you should know? go to a janitor's co- convention and ask around. Like the,
2: and then the, when they have the breakout session of, uh-huh. you know, if you work in a building 100 plus years old, this session's for you. Yeah. Talking about strange encounters. <laughs> be really, These are the paranormal kind.
0: I bet that'd be really interesting, actually. <laughs>
2: I love the idea of a breakout session at the janitor's conference. I
0: think it'd be great. I think it would be
2: great. Uh, I think it's a good idea.
0: (laughs) Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to a caller. Hi.
1: Hi, Tony, Uh, Harper, Carol, and Todd. Uh, My name is Lindsay. I'm calling from Calgary, Alberta. That's in Canada. And uh, I've been listening for about a year now. I love ghost stories and I love your show uh it's lots of great stories to be heard i was just listening tonight to the episode called when you're not wanted by spirits and um sorry i didn't catch the guy's name but there was someone on there who was talking about uh portal in his house as a child and all the the i guess the ways that people in his life have been negatively affected um while living in that house and and it made me think of a house that we lived in nothing nothing like a portal that i could see anyway uh but uh yeah i just thought maybe i'd share it in case um well i don't know i don't know it just it's interesting i guess so uh my partner and i lived in a house um with a roommate uh years ago i think it was around 2003 to 2005 and uh it was there wasn't anything like when we went to see it, there wasn't anything weird about it. It was a it was an old house probably built about a hundred years ago. Um and uh it it was a little bit run down, but it was fine. It was, you know, one of those houses that you rent because it's close to areas of the city that you wanna be in, but <laughs> and the rent is affordable, but it wasn't anything especially special. And we had the main floor and then there was a woman upstairs. Uh, who rented the the upper floor. Um, One thing about the house that we did notice right away was that it was always dark and I mean, that that was very explainable because there was an apartment building directly to the south of us so sunlight didn't really reach it but it was always kind of spooky. It had one of those weird, well, I say one of those weird rooms in the basement but I don't know that this is a common thing. Basically, in the basement in a corner there was this room that someone had just kind of built in with like sort of barn board um, and I guess maybe it was meant to be a cold room, but in my experience, the cold room was kind of dug into the floor as dirt or, I don't know, this was just like a regular concrete unfinished basement. And they had just built this room in the corner with two walls coming out of the corner to make, to make it a square. But then they had painted it like fire engine red, like it was bright red. So, and it had a, a latch on it. Like, it was It was just really strange, and we couldn't see any purpose for this room. So that was kind of weird right off the bat, but, you know, no big deal. Um, but we did start to notice things pretty soon. You know, I think we'd only been there a month or two when um, we had, as you do, some, some boxes full of stuff in storage in the basement and uh that included an old Furby because like I said it was the early 2000s so a lot of us of my generation had an old Furby in a box somewhere and uh one night at 3am we hadn't gone to bed yet because I I was in college at the time and you know we were a night owl and um but the Furby started just like chattering in the basement (laughs) randomly in a box like we had to dig it out of the box to turn it off so um Again, could could be explainable as an electronic, but it just kind of gave us the creeps. And um, another thing uh, I, I was part of for years, um, one of those mentorship programs like Big Brother, Big Sister. Um, it wasn't Big Brothers Big Sisters, but um, I, I mentored this little girl for years. And and uh, she was at our house one night, and the way that it was set up, um, the the back kind of side door you could sit on the steps right by the door and you know you'd sit there to put your shoes on or whatever and you could see sort of down the stairs into the basement and she was sitting there putting on her shoes and she just said out of nowhere well I just saw a cat run by in the basement and we didn't have any pets of any sort and um we said what and she was she wasn't super little like small enough to have a, a super really active imagination she was about nine and she wasn't prone to this kind of thing I had hung out with her for a couple of years by this point um and she said yeah I, I thought I just saw a white fluffy cat run by in the basement so that was another kind of funny thing and um a couple other things and then I'll get to sort of the negative effect on people but um one day my partner was down in the basement at the doing laundry um and the, the way that the the washer and dryer were set up, you'd stand, if you're standing facing the washer and dryer, your back was to the stairs. And um, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you my side of it first. I, I came home from wherever I had been, work or school or whatever, and his eyes were like as wide as saucers, and he just looked really freaked out, kind of like... <laughs> almost like when an animal leaves like what have you seen um and uh i was like what is wrong with you And he wouldn't really say for a while and then finally he told me he's been standing at the washer and dryer and uh he heard someone whisper his name loudly behind him and now years later he swears it never happened which is quite funny to me but um But yeah, he heard somebody whisper his name behind him, and then um, the last thing that actually happened there, um, and kind of the most noteworthy, or the the last thing I guess I can remember, I feel like there were other things that I'm forgetting, but um, was that, so basically that backside door, when you would close it, it was always, I, I don't know what this design was, it was kind of weird, but it was always automatically locked, so if it closed, it was locked. You had to have a key if you let the door close, or you had to prop the door open, so um, there wasn't any way to forget to lock it because the, the doorknob or something, I, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but it was always locked. And so, um, like I said, we had a roommate. Um, she she slept in a separate bedroom and she had an office job. And, and like I said, my, my partner and I were kind of night owls. So she had gone to bed one night um, a little on the earlier side and we were going to go out um, like to the to the bar clubbing or whatever dancing and um, so we left after she had gone to bed and um, you know, closed the door after us as as we always did and came home around I don't know two say two in the morning we left around 11 came home around two in the morning she had gone to bed around 10 and uh, you know we didn't see her because we got home late and then she left early in the morning and when she got home from work the next day, she said, oh, um, why'd you guys come back last night? And we were like, well, what, what are you talking about? We'd come back. And she said, well, I heard you guys leave to go out. But then a while later, like 20 minutes later, I heard you come back in and, and you were walking around. And we had not gone back. We did not go back. So what she had heard was the back door open and closed, somebody walking around um, on the main floor. We had hardwood floors and, and then linoleum in the kitchen. And she had heard someone walking around and we had never gone in. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know which is scarier, if it was um, like a ghost or something like that, or if someone actually broke into our house. I think it's scarier if someone broke into our house, but um, either way, that was creepy. We never figured that one out. There was nothing out of place or missing or, or anything like that. So I don't know. So then to get on to the affecting people negatively, I will say that, um, like I said, it always seemed dark in there. There wasn't anything really inherently creepy about the house, except for that weird room in the basement. But, um, but yeah, it, it just always felt dark. And my, I am prone to anxiety, um, but it had never manifested itself in a way that really was like debilitating to me. Like it would be more, I would get overwhelmed by life when too many things piled on, and then I would kind of have a little breakdown one night, and then. I'd rearrange my life a little and I'd be better again and while I lived in that house it was like it got to the point where um after I graduated from college while we lived there for the six months afterwards I just got so so anxious um I couldn't get out of bed a lot of days when I would get out of bed I would just kind of make my way to the couch and then just watch daytime tv all day you know obviously sometimes I'd have to go to work and I would I would go to work but um if I didn't have to be somewhere I would just be on the couch and and often like crying or kind of hiding under the blankets. like it was just it was awful and that is the only time when we lived there that is the only time that I ever have ever had um thoughts of like I'll say harming myself um it wasn't I didn't try anything it didn't go that far but I've never in my life at any other time like that's not something that i'm prone to at all and i had really really dark thoughts while we lived there um and in that vein um for a while for for in the fall of uh the last year that we lived there my partner's brother uh came to live with us he was kind of trying to get on his feet he's always had um problems. He's, he's got learning disabilities and depression and, and a bunch of things like that. But um, but he's generally fairly pleasant to be around for the most part. Like he's he was great. to ha- he, he moved in with us and um, he was great to have around because he would always compliment me on my cooking. And, and he was just generally pretty positive. And after being in the house about a month, um, one night he just got super angry and um, stopped talking to us and and left and then didn't talk to us for a few months afterwards and it was the strangest thing we had never he had never acted that way with us before he never has since like he's a pretty chill guy despite all his issues um so that was weird and then um we got married while we lived there and we went on a honeymoon for about three weeks to Europe and um we had gotten a cat by this point. So this was later. Um, I said so we didn't have any pets when the, the little girl was there. We didn't, but we, by this point we had gotten a cat. And, uh, so we went, when we went on our honeymoon, we had this good friend of ours, um, come house sit, come stay in the house and house sit. Um, and he didn't have to stay there all the time, but he kind of chose to, he'd stay with the cat and he kept an eye on the place. Our roommate had moved out by that point. And, um, he contacted us about two weeks into our trip and and now mind you our friend was um he did have pretty serious depression so this was something that had been a pattern of his he he had um a history of like thoughts of self-harm or attempts at at self-harm and uh he contacted us via email while we were on our honeymoon in europe and said i'm so sorry but i have to leave I will come back each day and check on the cat but I can't I can't stay in your house anymore I'm I'm just I'm really depressed and I need to um go be at home and it turned out he had um I I don't want to like um (laughs) I don't want to set anybody off but he had been um basically thinking of of killing himself in our house and and he told me um because I asked him you know I don't know. I had taken suicide training and this is what they had told me to do. I don't know whether this is right or not, but I had asked him, like, did you, do you have a plan or like, and he told me what his plan had been. He like, he was going to do it in our bedroom. It was quite awful. Um, And like I said, he did, that wasn't totally out of the ordinary for him, but he had been fine for quite a long time before that. And it just, just the fact that it set in like so fast while he was in that house and then it took a while for him to come out of it like a few months for him to come out of it after he left so I I don't know it just it was like a pattern and then the last thing I'll say is um we eventually uh I got pregnant and we uh we moved out. My parents gave us a little bit of money for a down payment for uh, to buy a house. And, um, so we moved out, but, uh, it all happened quite fast like when we found the house we were going to buy. And we didn't, we ended up being a couple days short on being able to give a month's notice to our landlords. And we were on really good terms with our landlords. We didn't want to leave them hanging. And so we said, if we find you tenants for the, for the house, for this rental, um, would you be okay with us getting out of the lease early? And they said, yeah, that, that would be all right. We trust your reference. And so um, friends of ours were actually moving back from across the country and they were a married couple and uh, they needed a place to live and the dates lined up and it was just like pure luck. And so it was great. This was a great couple, really trustworthy, mature, all that stuff. And so the landlords were like, yeah, sounds great. Um, And the thing is, they ended up splitting up while they lived in that house. I think it was within a year of living there um, or maybe two tops. Like it wasn't very long that they ended up splitting up and getting a divorce. They never got back together. So uh, it's all, you know, it's all probably a coincidence, but I know that house felt dark to me. It felt it was dark literally physically, but it always had this, Um, You know, after I had lived there a little while, I realized that it just had this dark feeling to it. And the fact that so many people were so affected in that house, um, whether they had a history of it or or not, um, it just seemed to, even if it kind of fit their pattern, it seemed to just make things worse. Um, And I don't know... I don't know you know we looked into the history to be honest I went down to the library archives and looked up the history and nothing wasn't any record that I could find of anything bad ever happening but who who knows um I always wonder about spaces you know did someone abusive live here and there's just uh maybe a vibration left from that or something um or the only other thing I could think of was like it was literally right along the train track like the um Oh, here in Calgary, we call it the C train, but um, LRT or, like, a uh, not subway because it's not underground, but whatever, light rail travel, <laughs> the train. Um, it went right in front of the house, so there was actually no road in front of the house. It was just, like, a sidewalk and then a fence and then a train track. And I sometimes wondered if, like, I, I don't know, I've never seen anything like this, but it just seemed like maybe, like, all that energy moving past or, like, I know in... Um, Feng Shui, like living on a crossroads, is supposed to be bad luck because um, the energy just like flows through your house. And this train didn't go towards our house. It went past our house. But it it just always seems like maybe that could be somehow tied to it. Maybe maybe somebody else could call in and, and say if they think that there's any... Um, stock to be put in that but yeah I just wanted to share um, after hearing that story tonight um, in that episode and uh, again thanks for the the great stories um, you guys are awesome can't wait to hear what you think about this
0: alright take care bye that's uh, a lot in that one to unpack but
2: well and I, I think that when she hears it back when she listens to this episode and she hears it Put out the way she put it out, mm-hmm. I don't think she'll have any question. Like, you and I have never been to that house, but if everything she just tells us is told us is true, there's some really weird shit going on in that house.
0: Yeah. You I mean, know? without and, a doubt.
2: You know, and I think that's a number of people that had serious flares of their mental illness in the house and like extremely serious. And she said, maybe it's a coincidence. I don't think it is. I'm just listening to the stories. When you listen to everything back to back to back to back to back, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that happen in that house. Yeah, And I do think just because you don't find something when you look up the history of the home doesn't mean something didn't happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many things in people's lives that are not going to be documented that uh, are out there and leave imprints and, Sometimes it, it pops back up when you least expect it, or don't not even aware of it. But I do think there is something too with the energy. I, I think you know, there's a lot uh, about buildings and homes, and homes especially. There there needs to be a certain flow to a house for it to feel good. Uh mm-hmm. in, in there's certain places I've been in where it's just like this is an interesting house, but it doesn't feel good. It feels uh, there's just something off about it. And I think that that sort of thing can subconsciously affect us and bring us down and 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 drain us as well. Uh, I mean, especially if someone's empathic or or has some uh, some mental health issues uh, or both, uh, where you can be affected that much more by some some simple things that maybe aren't even necessarily ghostly, but just the structure of of where you're at and the the environment that you're you're in. I think that can affect the things quite a bit.
2: Oh, absolutely. And what if you have the combination of the two? Maybe there is something paranormal in the house and the rest of that's going on. Yeah, I think her whole theory with the train track and everything. Yep. What if you add those two things together? You got a pretty messed up house you're living in.
0: Not like a perfect storm of stuff, you know, or yeah. And it it, it happens sometimes. And and you wonder, like, why does it happen over and over and over in some locations? I think it's kind of all of those things. So thank you for sharing that uh, experience with us. Uh, That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. And now Apple Podcasts as well, where you can get three days free of being an EPP. Sign up directly through Apple Podcasts. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.